Hallelujah. Glory to God. I want to welcome you to the refined platform this beautiful evening. Hallelujah. I want to celebrate you because the Lord has brought you here. God has a lot in stock for us. And I know that by the end of this program, our lives would have experienced a shift in the order of the God kind in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. You know, I want us to have a word of prayer. Everlasting Father, we thank you because your glory is here. We thank you because you are a faithful God. We thank you, Father, because you do not gather your children unto nothing. When the Lord says, gather my people unto me, it's because you have something to say. And we thank you for the refined platform. Thank you because your word, O oh God, is molding us. Your word is transforming us. Your word is reshaping us. Your word is giving us a new perspective to life, ministry, and destiny. Thank you because your word is delivering to us supernatural abilities above the realms of the natural. Thank you, Father, because we are supernaturally empowered, supernaturally enabled to fulfill our individual prophetic destinies in the name of Jesus. And we are unstoppable. Glory to your name. Oh, glory to your name. Amen and amen. amen. And so we commit this platform to you today that your word will come with power. Your word will cause a shift. Your word will glorify Jesus. Your word will bring transformation. Your word will remove veils upon the faces of men. Your word will empower. Your word will enlighten. We command light to shine upon every heart. Your word brings liberty. We break every yoke of the wicked. By the anointing of the Holy Spirit that comes forth from this word. Oh, thank you, Father. Because your word is our life. Glory to your holy name. As we go into your word today, Lord, we ask you that there will be holtrance. We seize this atmosphere for Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Right now we say no to every satanic oppression and orchestration all around where every of the individual ladies are. In the name of Jesus. And we take charge in Jesus name. That today there will be both the preaching of faith and the hearing of faith. And our lives will never remain the same again. Amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen and amen. Amen. Amen and amen. Amen. You know, I just perceive we should worship God this evening. I want you to lift up your two hands and just worship him. His name is the Almighty God. Almighty. There is none as mighty as he is. Oh, none. I want us to worship him, worship him this beautiful evening. Worship the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. Worship the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. Worship the King of Glory. Oh, worship him. He is worthy to be praised. He is worthy to be worshipped.
Oh, let your soul be released in worship to magnify the name of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Worship him. Worship him in the beauty of holiness. Worship him. Worship him and worship him from your heart of heart. For now have we come, the true worshippers that worship him in spirit and truth. Give him the worship that he seeketh for. For indeed is our God, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. That is the God we serve. The God of covenants. <laughs> the God that says a thing and he brings it to pass. <laughs> the Elohim, the El Shaddai, the mighty one. Worship him. Come on, release your heart in worship. Forget about your atmosphere where you are. Even if you are in your office, the time is closing time already. Worship him. He is the king of kings. You will not be ashamed of him, even in the presence of the multitude. Glorify his name. Let everyone know you are worshiping a king. Oh, glory to your holy name, oh God. Oh, glory to your name, oh God. Mention your name. Say, Olufunke Obadiah brings you worship today. I bring you worship, Lord. I worship you. The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, God the Rock, the Eternal Rock, worship Him. He is the Ageless One. We worship You, Lord. Oh, thank You, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. I see an impartation of the gifts of the Spirit right now. Oh, Thank you, Lord, for there is no distance in the Spirit right now. Oh, every distance is closed up. Every gap is merged now. But faith in Christ be filled with the spirit of fresh. Oh, for deep, call it unto deep now. Oh, there is no gap in the spirit. I stir up the divine giftings of God in your spirit. Oh, yes, right now I command the release of the gushes, gushes of water. Oh, from your belly, deep calling on today every precious gifting everything God has loaded you with before the foundation of the world begins to find an inner expression I come in the name of Jesus everything that has held you bound held bound the worshiper in you held bound the minister in you I break it right now I command break forth in grace 
Oh, arise. <laughs> oh, this is the true liberty of sons. Come up and behold that God has sent you here on earth to be. Every limitation is taken away. Yes, like now, right now, like fire in your belly, like fire in your belly, like fire in your belly. Oh, yes, for some of you, fire in your head, fire in your head. For some of you, fire in your palms. The glory of Jesus is upon you now. The glory of Jesus is upon you. Oh, let every grace of God in you begin to find on him that expression. Behold that God has made you to be. <laughs> glory to God. Hallelujah. For some of you, you are going to burst forth in tongues you have never spoken before. The hand of God is strong upon you now. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Leave those ends and just worship him and worship him and worship him. He's worthy of praise. His name is Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, the song that the angels sing. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Lift up your hands and just worship him. And let him alone do what he alone can do. Holy Spirit, be free to move in the midst of your people. From location to location, from nation to nation. You said to me, you have closed the gaps <laughs> in distance. Oh yes, I see impartations of the gifts of the Spirit right now. Oh, come up! <laughs> come up! Come up! I forbid you to remain on that same level. I bring you up to a new level by the anointing of the Holy Ghost. I command right now a breaking forth on your inside. I command light to shine from within you and it will affect generations. Be blessed. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Wow, glory to God. Awesome. Glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah. Wow, I love the benevolence of Jesus. Worship him. Oh, thank him. Thank him. Glory. Rejoice. 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 Hallelujah. Glory to God. Rejoice. Woo! Glory. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. I'm so excited. I love the Lord Jesus. What about you? Absolutely. Glory. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. In Jesus' name we pray. All right, so let's go to the heart of teaching for today. Amen. We will be talking on the subject counseling in ministry. Hallelujah. Counseling in ministry. Everlasting Father, I know it is not by power, it's not by might, but it's by your spirit. Yes, Spirit of God, take over 
Let it not be high speaking anymore, but you speaking through me. Oh, thank you, Father. Amen and amen. All right, counseling in ministry. Now, it's important for every minister to know that counseling is an important aspect of ministry. Ministries that do not pay particular attention to counseling, you know, um, may be missing out on an important aspect of ministry. Glory to God. Because um, if you look at the disciples of Jesus, so many times after major meetings, they still have to sit down with Jesus. Glory to God. And um, ask questions to understand better some things. Amen. And um, the reason for counseling, more importantly, is because I haven't taught the word, I haven't, you know, been taught the word of God. Sometimes when it comes to the place of applying God's word, some people still need guidance and they have not mastered how they can be guided by the spirit. And one important thing in counseling is that as a minister, you must never take the place of God. Never forget that. You are not God. You are a minister of God. So in counseling in ministry, we don't present personal opinions. We don't present personal biases. So what we present is the counsel of God in ministry. The counsel of God. And this is what could be more, very challenging for some ministers who have not learned a heart of divine counseling. It's not the same as professional counseling. And I believe that by this meeting, there will be a shift for everyone in the name of Jesus Christ. Glory to God. So people come to ask for counsel for various reasons. We'll still go into that, you know. So you want to ensure that in counseling, you are connecting people to God. Amen. Connect people to God. I'll get to talk more about that, but let me start this teaching by defining what a counsel is, you know, the dictionary meaning of counsel. A counsel can be defined as an advice given especially as a result of consultation. An advice given especially as a result of consultation. Secondly, counseling is a form of deliberation with someone to the end of taking a decision. So it looks like someone wants to take a decision and trying to deliberate with another person. We are still talking dictionary meaning, okay? So it could also be guided thoughts or guided deliberations. Those are the definitions of counsel going by the dictionary. Now, who is a counselor? A counselor is someone whose advice is sought for, especially someone who is wise or more knowledgeable. Glory to God. I'll take that again. A counselor is someone whose advice is sought for, especially someone who is wise or more knowledgeable. A counselor can also be defined as someone who gives advice, someone whose advice is sought after. Amen. So those are all dictionary meanings. At least we 
based on the dictionary, we have an image in our hearts right now. Glory to God. Now, let's come down to a Christian council. What is a Christian council? Glory to God. Now, when it comes to a Christian council, a Christian council is more than just an advice. A Christian council is more sensitive because more often than not, they are not merely advices sought from you. They are usually guidance and people will be taking very critical life decisions on the counsel you give them. Amen. They are not just mere advice. It's not just, you know, most of the time. Because um, before someone comes to a pastor or to someone she, lo- she looks up to, she respects, or he looks up to and he respects, you know, decisions will be taken on what you would say. And um, Christian counsels are usually sought for from pastors or someone more spiritually matured. Now, these counsels are so sensitive because they are likely to make or mar the person that you are about to counsel. Amen. Amen. These counsels are so sensitive. They can make the person, they can mar the person you are counseling. Well, in my few years in ministry, I've been in ministry now for nothing less than 15 to 16, if I'm much more than that. Amen. Glory to God. Well, at least officially. So, it's important that you don't just rush to give counsel. It's important that you don't just present a personal bias. It's important you recognize that this must be God's counsel for this person. Hallelujah. So you are not, you are going to be helping the people that you are counseling. You will never destroy them in the name of Jesus. But I've seen people receive counsels that have helped them. I've also seen people receive counsels that have destroyed them. (laughs) Glory to God. So you can't be experimenting with people's lives because you see, take it or leave it. The owner of their souls, the bishop of their souls, we ask you, especially because you are a servant of the Most High God. You are on assignment. Glory to God. So this, the, the ministry of counseling is a sensitive one, Christian counsel. We can't take it casually. We will give account to God. Amen. Now, you also must recognize that as a pastor, when people come to seek your counsel, you must subject it to God's word and God's spirit and ensure you are hearing from God to give a counsel. You know, two different people cannot come to seek counsel on maybe the same kind of related matter. And you say, because this is how you counseled A, that must be how you counseled B. There is dynamism, divine dynamism, not intellectual dynamism, you know, spirit-led dynamism in counseling. Glory to God. So counseling in Christianity is not just a set of advice. It's not what you feel. It's not your personal opinion. It is not your personal bias. It is what you seek God to give because you must be giving God's counsel. 
Hallelujah. God's counsel. Amen. You know, many years ago, when the Lord spoke to me and said to counsel his people, I I said, Lord, <laughs> this is not um, a tax that one just wants to pick up, you know, because I see a number of people want to counsel others because other pastors are doing it. Amen. <laughs> it's not something you want to do because others are doing it. You must be sure that God has actually given you that assignment. Now, it's um, the assignment is for every pastor because there is no way you are going to pastor effectively without counseling at one point or another. Amen. Mm -hmm. But the truth is you must begin to seek God so that people meet God in you when they come for counsel. So that when people come for counsel, they are hearing God. And that is what I want to show you today. Amen. So what can make a man a counselor? Let's just look into some subjects before I go into the main thing. What can make a man a counselor or a counsel? So a counsel too can be referred to as the person giving the counsel. Glory to God. Giving an advice. Giving, you know, showing the way to the person seeking it. So naturally speaking, what can make you a counselor is your training, your knowledge, your experience, and your achievements. Glory to God. I take that again. Your training. You know, there are some professional marriage counselors glory to god professional marriage counselors yes they are doing counseling they are trying but they cannot stand beside someone who is called by god to counsel on marriage amen because while they will be counseling naturally the other person will be counseling with supernatural tools glory to god and this is just amazing <laughs> amen because the natural counselor cannot see into the intents of the hearts. The natural counselor can be limited. But I do not remove the place of training. It's, it's good. You know, many pastors, many pastors fail or they, how do I put this? They hear because they lack training. Many pastors hear because they do not have the correct knowledge. I remember some years ago, a lady came to see me and um, something happened to her. Something not good, something not palatable. But somehow, one of the people that ought are was most likely just an innocent guy that they were trying to indoctrinate. So while others left, he ran back and apologized and said, oh, I'm really sorry. This is my phone number. Please, if you need anything, I'm sorry, please, and all that. And she went to see the pastor, and the pastor tore the number in hunger. And I laughed. God just gave you an access to how you can get someone out of a career. And you tore it. Amen. All right. Praise God. I didn't give you the full story, so you don't understand what happened. Amen. But, you know, because some pastors lack training, they lack knowledge, they lack experience, um, they miss out on this point. Now, let's come to Christianity. People come to you to seek counsel. Why? What makes a man a counselor in Christianity? Well, people believe that pastors are more knowledgeable. Amen. That's number one. People believe that pastors are more knowledgeable. 
in the areas especially that they are seeking counsel from you people believe pastors have the ability to apply god's word you know i stressed it in the beginning that the application of the word people also believe that the pastor can hear god and that they can hear god through you so christian counseling must be based on the word of god the correct application of the word of god and the spirit of god glory to god the word of god not just knowing the word of god you must be able to know the right and correct application of the word of god and thirdly the spirit of god now let me go to the, the dynamics of christian counsel the dynamics of christian counsel now christian counsel is not just based on the knowledge of the word that you have of course i don't make light of that when you see a pastor that is more knowledgeable more robust in the knowledge of god's word it makes a great impact against a great difference in counseling but i said that christian counsel is not just based on the knowledge of the word you have yes i do not make light of that but more on the divine ability to apply the word of god knowing when to do what and how and this is by the operation of the spirit of counsel i was telling you many years ago when the lord asked me you know to begin to counsel that he was calling me as a calling into counseling glory to god and i asked him lord how shall these things be you know because <laughs> in years of counseling i've realized that yes christian counseling is not just professional counseling hallelujah amen you know in medical school a number of times we were taught how to counsel people <laughs> it's not the same glory to god hallelujah so you know the word of God. You must know how to apply the word of God. The dynamics of God's word. How do you know that this person's situation, this is the right thing to do according to God's word and not this other one? Amen and amen. Mm -hmm. It's by the operation of what is called the spirit of counsel. If you study the book of Isaiah chapter 11, I read from verse 1 to 3. The Bible says, and the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding. Now we are going to count this. The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. Say one. The spirit of wisdom. Two. And understanding. Three. The spirit of counsel and might. The spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. Now look at what these shall do. And they shall make him of quick understanding in the fear of the Lord. They shall make that man who will carry these dimensions of the spirit of quick understanding in the fear of God. And he shall not judge after the sight of eyes, neither reprove after the hearing of ears. Now, believe me, this is the strongest thing in counseling. Hallelujah. Because I've seen people come to me. And I mean, let me give you an instance. There was someone sometime um, that traveled out of the country 
and um, all of a sudden began to face some major crisis outside the country. I mean, seriously major crisis. And the person was going to be asked to come back to Nigeria. So the person puts a call through to me and um, I needed counsel. What should the person do? Amen. If you look after the sight of eyes, you may think that what he's going through was physical. Um, his work permit was going to expire. The organization was not willing to, you know, re renew. Um, he has not gotten another job. Everything looked so natural. But when he shared it with me and um, I said, okay, and that's the thing I want to give you in counseling. When it comes to counseling, you don't need to post to people that you have all the answers now. So I told him, one of the things the Lord said to me is that in counseling, you must understand how to, how to connect people to God. And, you know, I said that. Don't try to be God to them. Let them know that there is, the, there is a God in Zion. There is a God in heaven. There is a God that sent you. There is a God back of you. There is a God you want to connect them with. So I told that person to go and pray, okay, and wait on the Lord in prayer and give me 48 hours. I will get back to him. You remember in the book of Daniel, when the king had a dream and he said that you must come, the wise men must come to tell me my dream and give me the interpretation. Now, the king called all the wise men and they all said, king, tell us your dream. We will interpret. Which one is, you must tell me my dream. And you give me the interpretation. Only the spirit of counsel can do that. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You know. And watch what Daniel did. Daniel said something. The Lord showed me counseling in the pages of scriptures. Daniel said something. He said the king was seeking counsel. And Daniel said, give me time. And let me seek the face of my God. You know, a forward pastor. A pastor that does not understand these spiritual principles may just say, hey, yes, and just open his mouth and say rubbish. <laughs> and they just go and get rid of the person. Say, not me. So he said, give me time. So I went to pray about this person's situation. And the spirit of counsel, the Lord said to me that before this person traveled out, he revealed it to me. This person said in his heart, that it will be coming back to Nigeria after so, so, so number of years. That it does not intend to stay outside. What are you doing outside the country? That just go and do what God will send you. After so, so number of years, you should come back and impact your economy. And that he said this in his heart and he kept saying it. So he had institutionalized the force of faith. Amen. And so, because he did this as a believer, even if he did it as an unbeliever, he had initiated a principle in the spirit. He said the system will reject him. And that is what is happening to him. Because the number of years had elapsed. Only God could reveal that. Oh my God. Yeah. Only God could reveal that. Not even a professional counselor could know that. 
A professional counselor will say, okay, let's see if you can get the new job. I will help you contact someone. Take it easy. Don't be stressed. Don't be, oh my God. I asked God, I said, God, what's the way out? And something very simple. The Lord told me, tell him to get himself back to that place he spoke from. He said he spoke from his heart. He said, how do I get the person back? And the Lord told me that the person should meditate on so-so-so scriptures. Hallelujah. <laughs> and the person should present a plan that he has in that nation. Amen. And the person should speak back from that realm and say, in the name of Jesus, I have discerned it is God's will for me to stay. And I stay. And that was it. I called the person. It wasn't even up to 48 hours. Told the person, person, yeah, it's true that he had even forgotten. I told the person the exact number of years. He said, yes, that's the exact number of years. I said, that's what is working against you. And, you know, he went ahead. He did it. And by the glory of God, supernaturally, a company he applied to six months before then that never contacted him, contacted him the third day after he did it for an emergency interview in 48 hours. And he was meant to be injected in five days. Wow. And right in that interview, he was employed wow. and he filed for him. Hallelujah. And that was it. Hallelujah. Now, listen to me. Someone may say that, oh, what if he didn't pray and he didn't do that? He would have landed in Nigeria. I mean, <laughs> and that's why, you know, counseling can be only by the spirit of counsel. Amen. Amen. So as a believer, as a pastor, you need to seek the spirit of counsel. Glory to God. I've seen so many people try to do ministry without the supply of God's spirit. It's going to be difficult. It's going to be, you know, the, the, the supply of God's spirit can only be, you know, explained this way. I'm not saying the Holy Spirit is like oil, but it's just like engine that is running without oil. When you pour oil on it, it becomes graceful. Glory to God. Amen. When you are prayed by the spirit of counsel, the spirit of counsel, one of the spirits, the dimensions of God's spirit upon Daniel was the spirit of counsel. He operated it. And by the spirit of counsel, of course, he operated the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of knowledge, the spirit of understanding, and the spirit of counsel. Evidently, on Daniel, of course, the spirit of the fear of the Lord. Amen. You know, but on Daniel, he was able to, how, how can a man be an advisor to four kings after each other? I mean, when a king comes, the normal thing is you want to sack everybody that worked with the previous king, you know, and get your own faithfuls. He served under four consecutive kings by the spirit of God. That's not small. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So when the spirit of counsel is in operation, you will know what should be done. Hallelujah. When the spirit of counsel is in operation, you will know what should be done because the spirit of counsel is just like um, the, the gifts of the spirit that know, that know things, revelational gifts. The spirit of counsel works by knowings. You just know. And it's a hard, solid work knowing that no, no one can take from you. You know, the issue of this person I presented, I knew that that was it. And immediately it did all that. That was the end of all the challenge. Amen. Amen. So that's the way the spirit of counsel works. Sometimes the spirit of counsel also works with the spirit of wisdom. 
and you just know the future outcome of a particular decision. In other words, I've had situations where I'm counseling people and I just know that, see, if you do it this way, this is going to be the outcome. And if you do it this way, this is what is going to be the outcome. There might be four different ways and I know the outcome of the four by the spirit of counsel. Glory to God. So when the spirit of counsel is in operation, you will know that it's not you. This is beyond you. Amen. But what you know knows you and you know what you know. Hallelujah. It's solid rock. It's the spirit of counsel. That's the best way I can explain it to you. And this is important in ministry. Now, turn your Bible to the book of First Chronicles chapter 12 and verse 32. And of the children of Issachar, which were men that had understanding of times to know what Israel ought to do. That's the spirit of counsel. You just know what should be done. Amen. Glory to God. Bible says they had understanding of times to know what Israel ought to do. Says the heads of them were 200 and all their brethren were at their commandment. Look at that. Because listen, the spirit of counsel will win recognition. Hallelujah. You know, two years ago, was it two years ago or last year? I decided that I was not counseling. Amen. Because counseling got to a point that Oh my God. My husband said, if you continue this way, you won't be helping yourself. He gave me the wisdom of Moses. Hallelujah. Because I'm sitting in a counseling session and more than 50 people are waiting to be counseled. Oh my God. Sometimes I start counseling like 10 a.m. I don't finish till like 10 p.m. And I'm like, God, I can't continue this way. I need help here. And not because you know how to do it. What is the dimension of grace? It's the oppression of the spirit of counsel. And you know, it's important that a counselor does not, I mean, someone who carries this grace does not allow it to enter into one's head. Amen. That you feel that, oh, it's just me. 50 people are waiting for me. You are deceiving yourself. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. You must recognize the source. It is not you they have come to seek. They have come to seek the God in you. Amen. So it's important that anyone that carries this dimension of grace must be humble. Bible says that God resists the proud and he gives grace to the humble. So for this dimension to intensify, the carrier of it must be humble. Hallelujah. When you begin to be ignited in pride, amen, you are going to start losing out on grace. It's just like, you know, um, having a massive balloon and now you just puncture it in a small place. It's gradually, the air starts losing out. Amen and amen. amen. So the carrier of this grace must be humble. Glory to God. Alright, so the children of Issachar were men that had understanding of times to know what Israel ought to do. And the Bible says that all their brethren were at their commandment. In other words, they practically listened to them to know what to do. And this is what the spirit of counsel will do. Glory to God. So, you know, at that time, my husband says, see, you can't continue this way. And yet, there are still so many people who feel like, I've been trying to see mommy, I've been trying, I've been trying. I'm like, you people, I'm not God, though. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yes. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So, I think it was 2000 and... Um, 
18, I decided I wasn't doing counseling. It was a hard one, hard decision to take, but I had to take it. And what I did was to allow other pastors in the ministry counsel and pray for them and believe God for an impartation of the same spirit. It was just the wisdom that um, Moses' father-in-law gave to him. Let that be people over 70. You can't do it all. And this is wisdom for people in ministry. When you carry a particular grace, people will seek for you. Amen. But you must know when you need to impact others with this grace. Hallelujah. So that even you yourself, you are not overburdened. Can you imagine a minister that spends all her life counseling? How do you, how do you yourself fulfill God's plan for your life? When do you get to pray, study the Bible, grow, mature, enter into new things that God is bringing you into? Amen and amen. I want to show you another man in scripture. His name is Aitofel. Aitofel operated under the spirit of counsel, evidently. And he operated under the spirit of counsel and of wisdom. I'll read you some scriptures. Let's just follow through. Second Samuel 16 and verse 23, Aitophel's counsel. And the counsel of Aitophel, which he counseled in those days, was as if a man had inquired at the oracle of God. <laughs> so was all the counsel of Aitophel, both with David and with Absalom. So Aitophel was a counselor to David. He counseled David. You see, David had strong men. Hallelujah. Now, he had Aitophel under him that carried the spirit of wisdom and of counsel. Everybody knew that with Aitophel. Glory to God. So you see Bible recording here in 2 Samuel 16 and verse 23, how that the counsel of Aitophel, which he counseled in those days, was as if a man had inquired of the oracle of God. Wow. In other words, it's as though God is speaking. <laughs> he knows what to do. It's not um, trying to know what to do. It's evident. It's an impartation. It's not a training. It's a gift of God. You see, it's just the dimension, that dimension of God that knows things given to a man. That's the way it is. There are very many dimensions in God. And these are things we see as spirit of wisdom, spirit of might, spirit of, you know, um, a man like, like Sol, no, 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 a man like Solomon, okay, carried massively is the key for his was the spirit of wisdom knowledge and understanding it was massive with him and outstanding on him was the spirit of wisdom hallelujah and you remember that he, god gave him a blank check to choose whatever he wanted he did not go for silver he didn't go for he didn't go for um gold he didn't go for asking for long life and all that and that's it a number of us pastors when god says what do you want we go to ask God for money. We ask for, you know, more congregation. We ask for those things. But Solomon asked for something. And it was because he had understanding. This he saw in his father and he gained in his father. He saw that there are some things you have that gives you other things. Encompassed. A man cannot carry intensely the spirit of wisdom, knowledge, and understanding and not be wealthy. Amen. He knew that. And you see, pastors have to have deep understanding. God forbid that one is a man that lacks understanding. 
Yoruba we say koloye. Koloye is just like someone comes to you and says, okay, take this one million naira and give me your destiny. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It was just like what happened to Esau and Jacob said, I will give you this pot of porridge, Asaru, for your birthright. I mean, that is the depth of profanity, lack of understanding. That you sell your birthright because you were hungry once. It's not going to give you a food that will keep you filled forever. Just one hunger. Amen. Amen. And you sell your birthright. And this is what the devil is doing from time to time. Hallelujah. He's offering people shortcuts. He did the same with Jesus. I mean, Jesus came to take back the dominion of this world from the devil. One of the things he came to do. And the devil took him to the top of the mountain. He said, see the kingdoms. They are all under me. Which was true. The kingdoms were under the devil then. Because Adam handed dominion over to the devil. He says, you know one thing? You just bow down and worship me and I give you everything. It's just foolishness. He says, you surrender to me. So who is going to be in charge? The devil. God forbid. Thank God Jesus did not bow. Hallelujah. If Jesus had bowed, it means the first Adam failed and the second Adam <laughs> has failed again. God forbid. Glory to God. Jesus did not bow. Amen and amen. And he took the path of death, suffering, death, and resurrection to get back that dominion. He didn't take the shortcut. And I just have this chat to you today. Don't take that shortcut. Amen. Glory to God. Go by the way that God has marked for you. There are some things people are fighting for that they are cutting corners for. That is actually part of their destiny package. And the enemy just comes to just, you know, put it in front of you like a piece of banana. He dangles it before you. You look that devil in the face and say, that's more. It's part of my destiny package. It's just like saying that, um, okay... Hand over to me that spirit of wisdom that I see that God is going to unleash on you in your destiny and take riches and wealth. It's stupid. Amen. Amen. God gives us understanding in the name of Jesus Amen. Christ. So we were talking about Aitophel. Now turn your Bible to 2 Samuel 17 and we'll read from verse 1 to 4. Moreover, Aitophel said unto Absalom, let me now choose out 12,000 men, and I will arise and pursue after David this night. And I will come upon him while he is weary and weak-handed, and will make him afraid. And all the people that are with him shall flee, and I shall smite the king only. And I will bring back all the people unto thee. The man whom thou seekest is as if all returned. So all the people shall be in peace. And the same please Absalom well. And all the leaders of Israel. All the elders of Israel. Someone say hallelujah. hallelujah. Now let me give you a background to this story. Um, I believe you are someone that reads the Old Testament stories very well. There is a lot locked in there. Hallelujah. A lot locked in there. I pray God will open the eyes of our understanding. Flood our eyes of understanding with light. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, take this confession. Say, it is given unto me to know the mysteries of God's kingdom. I'm a child. I'm not a bastard. I'm a child of the living God. Today, 
I receive the keys that unlocks the realms of the mysteries and secrets of God in the name of Jesus. It is given unto me to know the mysteries of God's kingdom. Amen and amen. So, David had a son called Absalom. Hallelujah. Of course, you know about David very well. But how much do you know about Absalom? Absalom was a son of David. And um, Bible describes him too as a man that was quite huge, handsome. People loved him. Amen. Amen. And he was a man that, you know, when people have the power of oration and people just like them, Absalom was like that. So Absalom dethroned his father. Amen. He took over his father's throne and sent David out of the throne. Hallelujah. Now, God permitted this because of what David did. He also did something wrong. And it had to be judged. Amen. Amen. So, Absalom became the king and David ran into, um, you know, the wilderness or wherever. He ran away. Glory to God. Now, Ahitophel was the head of department of counseling. (laughs) Counsel under King David. Amen. And King David knew him. He knew that the counsel of Ahitophel was as though God has spoken. When he gives a counsel, just do it. Amen. Amen. Because that's the way out. Because it was the oppression of God's spirit in him. So now after David was sent away from the throne and his son took over, Ahitophel became the head of counseling department to Absalom. You know, people that carry these dimensions, they serve under several kings. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's just something common with them. I hope you are getting blessed and you're getting to understand what I'm showing to you. So, Ahitophel gave Absalom this counsel. The day that David left the throne and Absalom took over. Amen. And that saying, please Absalom, and all the elders of Israel. Now, if you turn your Bible to 2 Samuel 15 and verse 31, listen to this David's prayer. And one told David, somebody came and told David, they told David saying, Ahitophel is among the conspirators with Absalom. And David said, Oh Lord, I pray you, turn the counsel of Ahitophel into foolishness. Because if Absalom dear acts on the counsel of Ahitophel, <laughs> David is a goner. Amen. Now, you come over to 2 Samuel 17 and verse 5 to 7. Then said Absalom, call now Ushai the Archite also, and let us hear likewise what he said. And when Ushai was come to Absalom, this is a result of the prayer of David. Hallelujah. And you see how prayer can turn things? Oh, Jesus. Prayer. And David cried. Immediately he heard that Absalom is with, I mean, Ahitophel is with Absalom. Hey? He ran to God that only God can rescue me from this. And he is not going to pray that God don't let Ahitophel cancel. He knows that ah, Ahitophel, the spirit of cancel on that guy. He just said, Lord, in the hearing of Absalom, help me turn it to foolishness. And that was a simple prayer. So now, Absalom had actually heard the counsel of Ahitophel. It pleased him. If something really pleased him, why did he ask for Wushai's counsel again? Amen. It was an answer to David's prayer. Glory to God. So 2 Samuel 17 and verse 5 to 7. Listen to this. 
Then said Absalom, Call now Ushai the Akite also, and let us hear likewise what he said. And when Ushai was come to Absalom, Absalom spake unto him, saying, Ahitophel had spoken after this manner. Shall we do after his saying? If not, speak thou. And Ushai said unto Absalom, The counsel that Ahitophel had given is not good at this time. <laughs> That's the first person that we ever say. That Ahitophel's counsel is not good. For said Ushai, Thou knowest thy father and his men, that they are mighty men, and they are shaft in their minds, as a bear robbed of our herbs in the field. And thy father is a man of war, and will not lodge with the people. Ushai's counsel was actually wrong. Ahitophel's counsel was excellently correct. If they had gone after David that day, they would have destroyed them. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, but look at how God answers David's prayer. In 2 Samuel chapter 17 and verse 14. And Absalom and all the men of Israel said, The counsel of Ushai, the Archite, is better than that of Ahitophel. You remember, turn Ahitophel's counsel into foolishness. So it sounded foolish in their hearing. Yet, it was the correct counsel. Because when they followed the counsel of Ushai, David won them and took over his throne again. Hallelujah. Praise God. <laughs> Praise God. For the Lord had appointed to defeat the good counsel of Ahitophel. You see that? So it was the Lord working. He made his counsel foolishness in the hearing of Absalom and all the people under him. Amen. For the Lord had appointed to defeat the good counsel of Ahitophel. Now, this is one of the scriptures where I saw that the giftings of God are without repentance. And that is very delicate. When God gives a man a gifting, every man must learn to use his gifting in the confines of God's love and the confines of God's will. When a pastor is blessed... With the grace to speak and it is established. A man of God. You know, there is a way you work with God. You get to a point that, you know, Yorubas will call it a shell When you enter into that realm, that when you say it, it is so. Amen. Then you have to be careful. So that you don't start saying it to destroy people. If you keep doing that, God may take you away before your time. Because you are going to kill the next, the next savior of a nation. Hallelujah. And that's why if you keep that gifting in the counsel of love, I mean in the confines of love and the confines of God's will, because you must be able to discern God's will per time. God's will was not for Absalom to dethrone David. Hallelujah. God's will was for David to remain on the throne. But Ahitophel missed out on God's will. He backed Absalom instead of standing by God. And that's where ministry is sensitive. Ministry is not just doing something for God. It's doing the will of God. If you get yourself, and that's why so many Christians have become enemies of God's will. You remember um, Saul of Tarsus when he was killing Christians, particularly the killing of Stephen. You know, he was doing it. They were removing their shirts, putting at his feet. He thought he was serving the God of Israel. Little did he know that he had already set himself against God. And I pray for you as you walk on with God, that at no time will you find yourself contrary 
to the will of God. In the name of Jesus Christ. Anger will not get you to that point. Disappointment will not get you to that point. Arts will not get you to that point. Lack of forgiveness will not get you to that point. Vengeance will not get you to that point. In the name of Jesus Christ. And you will notice most of the time that people come to this age when they are offended. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. God wants a particular pastor, you know, or a particular person to be ordained. And because he had done something to you six years ago, God deals with our current form. You too, how many things have you done against God (laughs) nine years ago, ten years ago? And God has actually forgiven this person, but you are still seeing him with the eyes of yesterday. And now you are fighting. No! He must not be made made And God says, leave the way. Ah! And you felt you were defending God. Say, not me. Not me. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So, Bible says here, for the Lord had appointed to defeat the good. Bible even calls it good counsel. To defeat the good counsel of Ahitophel. To the intent that the Lord might bring evil upon Absalom. You see that what the error of Ahitophel was that he accompanied with the wrong person. Hallelujah. He supported the wrong person against God's will. So one of the things that a man operating the spirit of counsel must never touch is pride. Overconfidence. Feeling that it is you doing it. No matter the gifting of God in your life. You cannot ascribe it to you. And that's where you can't share in his glory. You can't share in his glory. It is God. It is God. And listen, when you feel that people, because there is no way people won't be excited at what you are doing and they are almost, you know, praising you. Now, God's generals, there is this man, um, what's his name again? God help me. I'll remember his name, you know. So, people started, he was working in terrific dimensions of God's spirit. He will raise people from the wheelchair and all that. Alexander Dewey. Amen. And he got to a point people started calling him Elijah. The Elijah that must come back. Because it was just awesome. He was, he was manifesting raw power. And you know, the first time that thing happened, he rejected it. He told people, he said, no, 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 no. Don't call me Elijah. Don't call me Elijah. I'm just a child of God. I'm just a child of God that has found mercy. And he resisted it and resisted it. After a while, people stopped. Later, they started again. When the dimensions of the miraculous intensified, they started calling him, by all means, you are the Elijah that is coming back. And you know he gave him and started calling himself the Elijah that Bible prophesied will come back. And that was the beginning of his hearing. From there, he just nosedived until... I mean, the same condition he used to heal the most killed him. Oh, painful. Hallelujah. I pray for myself. I pray for you. I pray for every one of us that in the name of Jesus Christ, our hearts are preserved from pride. We receive grace to be humble. We remain humble all the days of our lives. In the name of Jesus Christ. Listen to me, beloved. God has a great plan for you. There are dimensions in God. And there are dimensions he's willing to take you into. And you have to start learning it. When you see men that carry grace and power, they are humble men. Look at Pastor Yi Adeboye. Humble. Humble. Oh, I mean, humility in its meek, in its beautiful form. Glory to God. 
and you need to be careful of people. People will want to shout your praise, direct them to God. You see that? Glory to Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So, any man operating under the spirit of counsel, in fact, any grace from God must never touch pride. Any man operating under any grace, any move of the spirit, you must never touch pride. Overconfidence is in one's ability under grace is like one wants to commit suicide. You can't get overconfident. You need to keep relying on God, relying on the source. Amen. You know, I usually say something that um, there is a particular sea that feeds a river. The river has a lot of water and begins to feel like I am everything. If we disconnect it from its source, it's a matter of time. It won't show immediately. It's a matter of time. It will dry up. May you never dry up Amen. in the name of Jesus Amen. Christ. Amen. Amen. So 2 Samuel 17 and verse 23. And when Ahitophel saw that his counsel was not followed, this is outrightly pride. When Ahitophel saw, because it has not happened before, that Ahitophel will give a counsel and you won't follow it. Uh -uh. It's as God has spoken, you know. And when Ahitophel saw his counsel was not followed, he saddled his ass and arose and got him home to his house and to his city and put his household in order. Look at a man with the spirit of counsel. Put his household in order. And he went to hang himself and died and was buried in the sepulcher of his father. Another person I want to show you in scriptures is Rehoboam. Rehoboam, just by seeking counsel from the wrong source, he divided his father's kingdom. Hallelujah. You remember that the father of Rehoboam was Solomon. I mean, how can someone be a child of such a massively wise man? And you took over the throne, and immediately you took over, the kingdom divided into two. Why? He sought counsel from the wrong source. You can see this is in 1 Kings chapter 12. I'll quickly read verse 8, 13, and 14. Hallelujah. So, but he forsook the counsel of the old men. Now, the old men had given him counsel. You see that? So, life also is about who are you taking counsel from? Who is counseling you? The greatest counselor on heart today is the word of God and his spirit. The word of God and his spirit. They are one, so I can't say two counselors. The word of God and the spirit of God. The greatest counselor on her today. Who are you taking your counsel from, oh woman of God? Hallelujah. He says, for he forsook the counsel of the old men, which they had given him, and consulted with the young men that were grown up with him, and which stood before him. Verse 13. And the king answered the people roughly, and forsook the old men's counsel that they gave him. And verse 14, and spake to them after the counsel of the young men, saying, My father, make your yoke heavy. I will add to your yoke. Ah, my father also chastised you with whips. I will chastise you with scorpions. And just by this decision, the kingdom was divided into two under him. Now let's come over to the New Testament. Hallelujah. God has given us the Holy Spirit 
Say that. Say God has given me, God has given me the, Holy the Holy Spirit. Say it again. Say God has given me, has given me the, Holy the Holy Spirit. Now, Scripture says that every believer has the Spirit of God. Every believer that has the Spirit has the Spirit of God. I must be filled with the Spirit. Hallelujah. So every believer must be filled with the Spirit of God. Every believer must be filled with the Spirit of God. One of the greatest things you can desire that I can hand over to you today is a fresh feeling for every new day. Feel me afresh today, Holy Spirit. Yesterday's feeling is not sufficient for today's assignment. Fill me a fresh Holy Spirit, a fresh feeling for every new day. Fill me with your spirit, oh God. Your heart should cry every morning. Hallelujah. Because how will a man live this life without being full of the spirit? Romans chapter 8 and verse 14. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And that's why I said to you, the greatest counselor in the New Testament is the Word and the Spirit. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, understand this, that the Spirit of God can never lead you contrary to the Word. If you have any leading at all that is not in line with the Word, it is not God's Spirit. I want to say that again. The Word of God and the Spirit of God are one. Jesus speaking, he said he will, he will not speak of himself but he will speak of me. Whatever he says to you, he, he receives from me. You see that? He tells you the Word of God and the Spirit of God, they are what? They are one. Somebody say they are one. They are one. So as many that are led by the Holy Spirit. It's just the same thing as as many as are led by the Word. Because the Spirit of God will always lead you in line with God's Word and never contrary to God's Word. A lady told me some time ago, and I want to say this, I don't know why I should say it, but I'm, I'm, I'm pressed on the inside to say it. That any spirit that tries to you know, separate you from other believers is not the Holy Spirit. Please, I want to say that again. Any spirit that tries to get you away from other believers is not the Holy Spirit. And it happens to a number of women, even in marriage, something happened. Maybe your husband did something wrong, and that thing tells you, leave him, don't say anything. The one you've been saying since all this day, don't say it. That spirit of don't say it is not the spirit of God. Because that spirit does not seek peace. And best, the Holy Spirit can tell you, okay, don't say it now that you are angry. You'll talk to your husband later. But that spirit that keeps, that tends to keep you moot about something hurting you on the inside, and he's saying, don't say it, don't say it, it wants to destroy you. And you're going to look that spirit in the face and take authority over that foul spirit in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Oh, glory to God. You are going through something and you feel you should seek for help. Something tells you, ah, don't talk to anybody. Don't talk to anybody. Don't talk to anybody. That's not the Holy Spirit. Amen. When you get to a point, a junction where you can't undo things for yourself, there are believers full of the Spirit that you can talk to. Someone say amen to that. Amen. Don't go through anything alone. It's the body of Christ. We are all knitted together in one. We are members of the same body. Understand that. Glory to God. Yeah. Amen and amen. amen. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Glory to God. Hallelujah. Okay, so every believer is meant to be led by the Spirit. Every believer ought to know how to hear God and seek for God's guidance. Hallelujah. 
So one of the things that you must learn to do with counseling is to connect people with God. Empower people with how to hear God for themselves. Hallelujah. Don't become a counselor that desires that people will always come to you. They can come to you, you know, it's, it's okay. They get to a junction where they don't know what to do. It's okay to come to you. But you must begin to train them. You must begin to, you know, help them grow. Empower them. Connect them to God. Empower them on how to hear God for themselves. A lady came to me for counseling on a particular issue. And by God's grace, you know, through the spirit of God and the spirit of counsel, I was able to help her. About six months later, she came to see me again for another issue. I said, no, it doesn't work this way. Do you hear God? And she said, eh, no, no, no. So I began to give her messages, give her books that we help her to begin to hear God by for herself. Hallelujah. And, you know, I counseled her through that. And about three years later, you know, she sent a message. She said, thank you so much, ma, for leading me to God, for showing me to God. I thought I was a Christian before then. But until you started exposing me to those messages and those books, did I realize that I was not walking as a Christian. I'm fine now. I hear God clearly and, you know, I was grateful to God. I don't expect you to keep coming to me at every junction. But it's okay. There are times that, you know, people can hear God. It's not that they can't hear God, but they are just faced with something that is overwhelming them. It's okay to seek counsel. Then There is nothing wrong with that. Hallelujah. But it's, it's not okay to live on a minister. Hallelujah. Everything. <laughs> Everything. <laughs> Everything. Ah, no, 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 no. You must learn to hear God by yourself. Because those that are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. See, I'm a son of God. I'm a son of God. John 14, and verse 26. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, which the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things. Teach you all things. Teach you all things. You know, the time has come where believers need to sit down and begin to study what God said the Holy Spirit will do in them and will do for them. And begin to lambano those things one after the other. In other words, say to it that you stay on that scripture, confessing it, praying it, declaring it, desiring it, until you begin to experience it. Hallelujah. He says he will teach you all things. If you have not gotten to the place where he's teaching you all things, you need to seek him more. Hallelujah. And when Bible says all things, it means all things. The Holy Spirit taught me mathematics. The Holy Spirit taught me medicine. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. He teaches you all things. He teaches me the word of God. Hallelujah. Amen. I've seen people finish with first class that it was by the spirit. Amen and amen. amen. So you must desire this dimension. The challenge is many people read it. They don't desire it. They don't pray. They don't confess it. They, they don't even look to it as though it's something important. Say, not me. not me. I'm repentant. The Holy Spirit teaches me all things. Say it. The Holy Spirit teaches me all things. Hallelujah. Bible says, and it brings all things to your remembrance. How many times have you stayed on this scripture? You forgot something. So many times. I, I can't remember something. I said, ah, I received help. Holy Spirit, help me. I pray in tongues. And it comes to my memory supernaturally. Because Bible says that it will bring all things to your remembrance. It says, whatever I have said to you. And verse 15, I mean, chapter 15 and verse 26. But when the comforter is come of the same book of John, John 15, 26, but 
when the comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from my father, even the spirit of truth, which proceeded from the father, he shall testify of me. In other words, he never speaks against Jesus. The Holy Spirit never speaks against the word of God. Amen and amen. He will always testify of the word. Amen. And chapter 16 of John, verse 13 to 14. Howbeit, when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. Guide you. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. Bible says he will show you things to come. You see that? He will show you things to come. And he shall glorify me. For you shall receive of mine, and he shall receive of mine, and show it unto you. Now, the Holy Spirit is meant to be the guide of every believer. But, number one, there are still babes in the body of Christ who have unrenewed minds and don't know how to hear God by themselves as at yet. And they need to make some crucial decisions. Amen. They need to make some crucial decisions. They, they assume maybe they got born again of recent. They still don't know how to find their bearing, operate in this realm of eternal life. As a pastor, you have to be there for them. In fact, in a church setting, I prefer to spend more time with the new born again people to get them established in faith. Glory to God. Hallelujah. All right. Number two. There are people who hear the word, they know the word, but they don't know how to apply the word of God to life situations. There are people like that. Glory to God. So, having the knowledge of the word of God and applying the word of God to life situations are two different things. Teaching, and most importantly, counseling, will bridge the gap. Amen. Teaching, and most importantly, counseling, will bridge the gap. Amen. All right. So for such people, when you design the fall into this category, they are not just people you cancel and let them go. You cancel them and empower them. You begin to, okay, I need you to listen to this message. Please get back to me. Hallelujah. So that they can begin to be skillful in the application of God's word to life situations and circumstances. You get that. Number three. There are life situations that provide options from which a believer must choose. And even the matured sometimes doesn't know, doesn't seem to know the right choice to make based on God's will and the best decision, seeing he naturally has a bias already. This usually happens in issues of who to marry, issues of um, where to settle. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Where you can't read this in the Bible, my daughter. I want you to relocate to Australia. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. My daughter, don't go anywhere. Stay in Nigeria. You know, it's not in the Bible that way. And because this person has a natural love for traveling house and is now at a junction, there is an opportunity to travel. And the person really desires to go. But there is a pool within that, hey, this is not God's will for you. So she comes to see you, that ma'am, at this junction, you can help that. The person might even be matured. It happens even to matured Christians. I've had times that even myself, I needed counsel. Glory to God. So it happens. It's okay. Now, another scenario, number four. Even matured believers sometimes get to a point where 
they know what is right to do they know what is not a matter of not knowing what is right to do they know what is right to do but they are tempted hallelujah and they are feeling weak under the pressure of the situation they need counseling because one of the things that counseling provides counseling provides you know provides counsel provides help provides support provides strength in counsel, you can strengthen people to do the will of God. It's not that they don't know the will of God, but the will of God looks so hard and difficult. I've had some daughters like that. The path God is choosing for them does not look interesting. I mean, imagine when God told me not to practice medicine and to come into full-time ministry as a very young woman. I needed help. Amen. I knew the will of God, but oh my God. ha <laughs> ha. Amen. So people get to such junctions that they know what is right to do, but really they are feeling weak under the pressure of the situation. Amen. Amen. Number five. Some believers just want to compare notes with another more mature believer. Amen. Preferably their pastor. And this is very scriptural. To be sure that they are being led by the Spirit indeed. Bible says in the midst of counsel, there is safety. So these are different scenarios where you have people come for counsel. But understand the underlining, you know, reality and fact that we have in Christ Jesus. That every believer must be led by the Spirit. Glory to God. Hallelujah. The counseling ministry of a pastor so who is a pastor a pastor is a shepherd amen that's the word in scriptures that best describes a pastor psalm 23 and verse 1 the lord is my shepherd i shall not want it sounds like the lord is my pastor <laughs> i shall not want so what is the work of a pastor the basic work of a pastor there are three of them. Number one, to feed the sheep by teaching them the word of God. So the first is feeding the sheep. Number two, to guide the sheep by the voice of counsel and the power of prayer. Never forget that. To guide the sheep by the voice of counsel and by the power of prayer number three to protect the sheep amen to protect the sheep this happens also by the voice of counsel by the ministry of the word and the spirit and by the power of prayer to protect the sheep is the work of the pastor to protect the sheep a shepherd cannot see a wolf coming from outside to eat up the sheep and you allow it. You expose your sheep to be eaten up. Amen. Amen. So it's the assignment of the pastor to protect the sheep. You know, a number of pastors have exposed their sheep without them knowing. Many bring strange people to their pulpits to come and minister. Hallelujah. And when they come and go, one thing you should know is that whoever you have brought to your pulpit to minister, your sheep will start listening to that person. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And that's where you got to be careful. Some churches are in trouble today because in the last two to three, four years, they invited strange people to their pulpit. 
Amen. Amen. People that they did not know, especially this grace revolution. What did they call it? Glory to God. It's the work of the pastor to protect the sheep. Hallelujah. John chapter number 10 and verse 3 to 4. To him the porter opened it, and the sheep hear his voice. And he called out his own sheep by name, and leaded them out. And when he put forth his own sheep, he goeth before them. And the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. In true pastoring, the sheep must know the voice of the shepherd. Hallelujah. And a stranger's voice, they must not follow. Jeremiah chapter 3 and verse 15. And I will give you pastors according to my heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. You see that? Pastors that will feed you with knowledge and with understanding. Glory to God. Now, if you read also the book of First Peter chapter 5, and we start the reading from verse 2 all the way to verse 4. Bible says, feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, not for what you can gain, but for a ready mind. Neither has been lords over God's heritage, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd, that is Jesus Christ, shall appear, you shall receive a crown of glory that faded not away. Emphasis on feed the flock of God. Emphasis on take oversight thereof. Hallelujah. Emphasis of be an example to the flock. Amen and amen. amen. Glory to God. So this is what the Lord has called pastors to do. And every pastor must realize it. Every pastor must know that we are accountable to the God of glory. Amen. Amen. And I want to show to you that as a pastor, the voice of counsel can proceed from the pulpit. And that is why when you are ministering, don't just have what you want to say in your head. Allow the Holy Spirit of God. I mean, how does one man minister to, let's even say, 100 people in the congregation? And you are meeting the need of the 100 individually, seeing the diversity amongst men, even of the same color. Glory to God. Amen and amen. amen. It takes the ministry of the Spirit. And that is why you must allow the Holy Spirit. Sometimes a minister is ministering, the Spirit of God is moving your heart to speak on something, you are fighting it. Because you have you've written out your <laughs> your teaching um, guide, and you must stay in your teaching guide. Hallelujah! Several times I have had teaching guys. When I get to the pulpit, the Holy Spirit say, "Put aside your teaching guide. I want to teach my people." Amen. Amen. And that's why the man of God must study to show himself approved. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. So I've seen scenarios where. Right from teaching on the pulpit, people receive counsel. I remember some years ago, this happens regularly, but this particular example, I remember. A lady called me, you know, from another church that um, she wanted to see me. She was going through some things, blah, blah, blah. I said, okay, the best time you can see me is on a Sunday after service. So tell your pastor, take permission, come and worship with us that Sunday, and I'll see you. Afterwards, so she came to service that day, and service was beautiful. 
pastor ministered. Do you know that she came with questions? And while the ministration was going on, everything was answered. You know, by the time she saw me, she said, I just want to say thank you for inviting me. I received all the answers to my question while the service was going on. And I just said, God bless you. It makes the work of the pastor easier. Imagine you have a congregational strength of 250, and after service, 250 people want to see you. Ah, how do you want to do that? Amen. So you must yield yourself as you minister so that the Holy Spirit ministers to the people through you and can answer the questions in their hearts. So the voice of counsel can proceed from the pulpit. And I believe you want to make this one of your prayer points. Lord, Lord as I minister, let the voice of counsel proceed. Let answers be given to the questions in the hearts of men. Let men receive counsel, O oh God, as I minister. Someone say amen to amen. that. Counsel can also come specifically on a one-on-one -on -one basis. So as a pastor, you have a counseling ministry. Glory to God. <laughs> you are going to counsel. Except you are not a pastor. Amen. amen. So every pastor must make time out for counseling. This, I noticed that it does not run in many places. But if you don't have grace for counseling, let me say this to you. Don't take it up. It's not something you do because you feel it is necessary to do. Amen. Amen. All right. Um, counseling. So let me try to tie all this up in a nutshell. Seeing all we have discussed today, counseling ministry must be carried out by the word of God, no matter the situation. The word of God is our eternal opinion. You can't stick to the word of God and miss it. It's not possible. You cannot stick to God's word and miss it. I remember some years ago, you know, someone walks into my counseling room and um, began to share with me crying. How that um, something happened, something happened, and somehow she was raped and she got pregnant. And um, she is a believer. People have told her that just go and get rid of this pregnancy and you know move on. I looked at her. I said, "See, <laughs> to the law and to the testimony, Hallelujah, we speak to the word of God. We stand. If they speak not according to this word, it is because there is no truth in them. There is no light in them. Let me say this to you: eh? No matter your emotions, no matter your personal opinion, God is against abortion. Hallelujah, because it takes more than sex to get pregnant. It's not just sex that makes people pregnant. If you think it's just sex, ask people who are believing God and have been believing God for the fruit of the womb for 20 years, 25 years. They have done every medical test. They said nothing is wrong with them. And for 25 years, they are still waiting on God for the fruit of the womb. They have had several sex exposures. Hallelujah. It takes the blessing of God. Amen. So that seed in your womb, God has a destiny. You might not have planned it, but for you to become a baby, that child has a destiny. Glory to God. So, counseling is not where you just get emotional. You mean you were right? Oh, oh, even for the future of this child, how will you tell this child? You know what? I have a friend who is a doctor. I'm just calling up right now. Let's get rid of this. Ka, 
Counselor. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Some years ago, you know, I had this lady walk into my office. At that time, she was about, was it 36 or 40? The story is not even so, you know, it's been a long time. She was very, I mean, old to in that sense. She was between 36 and 40. So she came to me. She said she wasn't attending our church, but she had been under my ministration. And um, she was facing a particular issue. And the Spirit of God led her to speak to me. Now, what was the issue? Um, of course, at that age, many people start getting concerned. So one of our friends, you know, um, knew someone outside the country and introduced them, blah, 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 blah. So the person that she was introduced to introduced her to another person. You see that? So along the line, she gets into the arms of this particular man I'm going to talk about, who has shown interest in marrying her, and the guy he said is in U.S. and all that and all that. And that, well, they've been talking on phone. She seems to like the guy. But she doesn't know there's just this reluctance in her spirit. That was the way she described it. She said there's just this reluctance. She has tried to pray. She doesn't know what it is. But what she got while she was praying is go and see Pastor Funke Obadji. So here she was in my office. So while she was speaking, I was praying in tongues under my breath. And I was asking the Holy Spirit. You see, and that's important. Counseling, they didn't come to you. They came to God in you. Hallelujah. Yes. Never forget that. So you keep asking the Holy Spirit, what would you, what was the situation, Lord? What should we do? What would you have me say here? What's the way out? And while I was asking, the Holy Spirit showed to me, I just saw like a word in front of me, deceit. Amen. I just saw deceit. I'm like, okay. So what's deceitful? I didn't know what it was. But the next statement that came out of me is that, have you met this guy? One-on-one. -on -one. So what happened was the guy said they should start planning their wedding. I said, and that um, it's, it was when he got to the point of planning the wedding that she started feeling that reluctance. I said, have you met this guy? She said, no. Have you seen his picture before? She said, no. I said, you want to marry a guy that you don't even have his image? That I have an issue with that. Amen. So this is what we're going to do. Tell him that you've heard everything, but at least you want to meet him once before the wedding. Hallelujah. Because people present sometimes as if U.S. to Nigeria sounds like heaven to hurt. He, should, he wants to marry a wife. Are you not worthy enough to come and be seen before marriage that he will just marry you and... <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Amen. So I said, just make that request that I don't have any issue. You know, I just want you to come. I just want to meet you one on one. So she said, thank you, ma. I said, get back to me. At that point, the guy started showing reluctance. And she insisted. She said, I'm fine. In fact, from talking, I like your person already and all that and all that and all that. And that she wants to see his picture. So, so he sends a picture to her. And looking at the picture, everything was okay. But when the man was going to come and see her, which he insisted, he happened to be an old man of about 75 years old. Showed her a picture of when he was young. And he took that picture in the U.S. Hallelujah. She said she was shocked. And that was the deceit in it. Amen. And that was how God rescued her. The plan was just to, you know, they just get married 
and then they were going to do all this array. I, I don't even understand. Okay, glory to God. Amen and amen. So when it comes to counseling, be careful not to present your personal opinion. I've, I've counseled before and honestly, emotionally, personally, I felt really bad for the person. I felt like, oh, but what God was telling me to tell the person was his word. Simple. Amen. And I was not to present my, my own opinion. I was not to present my biases. Glory to God. Hallelujah. All right. And counsel by the help of the Spirit. I've said that. I can't say that too much. Counsel by the help of the Spirit. Desire to be filled with the Spirit of counsel. And this is a prayer I encourage people to pray again and again. Hallelujah. You know, there is this dimension that you just need for ministry. You are going to cry out for the spirit of counsel. You are going to cry out for the giftings of God that know things. Hallelujah. Know things supernaturally. And let me say this to you. You don't use God's giftings to control people. When God gave man dominion in the beginning, the same dominion that God has given back to Jesus Christ when Adam lost it to the devil. Amen. He gave dominion to man over everything he has created except dominion over man. God has not given any man dominion over another man. Please understand it. You don't dominate spirits of men. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And that's why every man has a free will. Can you imagine the God of heaven and earth waiting for people to decide to choose him? I mean, you could have just said, man, and everyone said, Jesus, Jesus, we just, everybody, amen. And see how we are practically begging some people with the gospel. And it tells you how God himself respects what he has created. Hallelujah. Praise God. He says God is employing men. Even in Old, Old Testament, he says, Today I put before you life and death. I now encourage you, I counsel you to choose life. It's not that I mandate you. You see that? Never exercise dominion because you carry the grace of God. Never try to rule over men because you carry the giftings of God. I don't know why I'm saying that. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Alright, so ensure that you counsel unto ultimately teaching and showing the Holy Spirit to people. Amen. Help people to know how to hear God and to be led by the Spirit. Number four, counsel as an anointed vessel. An anointed vessel. Pray for people. Decree a thing. There are times in counseling, it's prayer that brings the shift. It's your declaration. You must know that you are an anointed vessel. You don't just counsel like you are a professional teacher uh, trying to give an advice. You are giving more than an advice. Amen. You are giving the life of God. You counsel as an anointed person. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You decree a thing. In the name of Jesus, I cause a shift in this situation. And I declare that the storm is over. I speak peace into your life. You see that? Amen. Amen. In the consciousness of the anointing. Now you also, while counseling, have to know. You have to be sensitive to know when you are handling a demonic issue in counseling. Hallelujah. You must just be sensitive to know. Because demonic issues are like chameleons. 
If you don't want to waste your time in counseling, you must cry to God for the gift of discernment. The grace to know. And that's why you see there is a lot involved in counseling. You must be able to discern the spirit behind the situation. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And when you discover they are demons, cast them out. Don't engage devils in discussions. Amen. Amen. Yeah, you. I know you. Shut it up. Don't get into discussions with devils. Hallelujah. Cast out devils. That's what the Lord Jesus handed over to us. And that's what we're going to do. Someone say amen to that. Amen. Counsel people and guide them through their challenge unto victory. Along the line, establish the will of God. Get them saved. Unbelievers may come to you for counsel. Don't just counsel the unbeliever with the gifting of God and let the unbeliever leave you as an unbeliever. Counsel unto salvation. Glory to God. Get them filled with the Spirit. So many people came to me for counseling. They left being filled with the Spirit. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God. And there are some you just mature them. Sometimes God uses those kind of situations. He didn't cost them. But he uses those kind of challenging situations to bring people to pastors that can help them grow. Help them mature. Get them saved. You see that? So while counseling, remind yourself that you are a minister. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Counsel those that need encouragement. Encourage them. There are some that they know the will of God. I said this earlier. What they need is just encouragement. Encourage them. Put confidence in, of the integrity of God's word in them. Tell them they cannot follow God and miss it. Put confidence in them. Hallelujah. Stir up their faith. And let them follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. Glory to God. You can imagine someone came to me and um, got um, two jobs. One was going to pay so much, so much, and um, was nice. The other one was not going to pay as much as the first. And the Spirit of the Lord had been saying to her to choose the one that will not pay as much as the first. And she, was, she had challenge. Because at that time in her life, she needed money. So she came to see me. And I said, see, uh, see, if you want to explain this intellectually, if you go to an accountant or you go to a professional, they will tell you, oh, you see, there are more potentials, more this, this, this in this job. I said, you know the counsel I'm going to give you? Follow God. God's path does not necessarily always look popular. Does not necessarily always look um, flamboyant. Does not necessarily always look uh, shining. But God's path is God's path. And one thing that is definite about God's path is that it's going to lead you to the destination of greatness. Hallelujah. It might not start shining, but it's going to end glorious. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So encourage people to follow God's path for their lives. Show them how to seek God for guidance and results. Amen. Amen. Let people pray and wait on God. It's part of counseling. What you don't have an answer for, tell the person to, to go and pray. And let you go and pray too. You don't need to be under the, the pressure of giving answer to everybody right now. Then people start faking prophecy. Why? If I don't have a word from God, I'm not a witch. I tell people, it's what God tells me that I know. If he has not told me anything, I don't know it. Except you tell me. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. Amen. So, let them wait on God. Let them use their faith. Teach people to also use their faith. 
Amen. Give people assignments that will help them discern God's will for their lives. Put them on prayer. Amen. Put them on fasting. <laughs> Don't let people turn you to an Old Testament prophet. Let them seek God. Glory to God. And I want to warn you, you must also learn not to waste your time. Don't let people waste your time. Don't let devils waste your time in counseling. Some have already made up their minds on what to do. They just come to hear what you will say. They want to add your opinion to the other opinions. You must be discerning. Amen. I've had situations like that. I tell the persons, you know what? I don't have time to waste. If you're ready, you feel you're ready, you want to know God's will, then maybe you should come back. But you are right now, you are not ready for that. You just want to hear what I want to say. And I don't have anything to say. <laughs> Glory to God. Some are just gathering opinions. Some are lying. Time will not permit me to share some experiences I've had in counseling. I mean, outright lie. The old story she came to present to you is a lie. The situation she showed to you is a lie. It's just outright lie. Amen. Amen. And one of the greatest giftings a, a counselor can have is the gift of discernment. Hallelujah. Let me stop here. There's still a lot to say, but I think I should stop here. Hallelujah. Now, two things I want to address by the Spirit. Hear me. I want you to desire the gift of counsel. The spirit of counsel. You are going to go on your knees wherever you are and let desire well up from you. And in addition to this, I want you to ask God for the gift of discernment of spirit. The gift of discernment of spirit. Now let's go. Go ahead and pray. Pray unto God. Mark. In Jesus' mighty name, we are prayed. I want you to be a woman of desire. Glory to God. You see, you need supernatural equipment to do ministry. Men that do ministry naturally don't go far. You need supernatural equipment. You are going to be that woman that will stir up yourself in desire. I begin to desire these divine dimensions of God's spirit. Hallelujah. Secondly, I perceive there are some of you there that had touched some realms. You have walked in some dimensions. And all of a sudden, it looks like you, have, you see your sign no more. I stand today as one called of God. Make andodushi. Pray in tongues with me for a while. Parakoshana mandegedo susa mandegedo suka. Egaroku shalaya ya 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 
Deep calling unto deep, deep calling unto deep now, deep calling unto deep now, calling unto deep, deep calling unto deep. I command the release of the giftings of God that have been laying latent in you. Come up the realms you've touched before I bring you up right now. I steer you up by the anointing. I steer you up by the anointing. Oh, thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we are prayed. Take more time to pray, beloved. Listen to me for as many of you that have touched some realms, you've, you've manifested some giftings. The Lord said I should tell you that he never took them away from you. They are still right there in you and now by the talking of this platform, by the talking of this meeting that God has commanded, there is a release right now and you begin to manifest them again. In the name of Jesus Christ, in the name of Jesus Christ, you are blessed. You are blessed. You are blessed. You are blessed. You are blessed in the name of Jesus. Now, permit me to just say this. The Lord said there is one of you that you need to repent. Because what happened to you was like you used the giftings of God negatively. The Lord says, repent. I have waited on you years long that you will just come to repentance. Change your mind. Repent today. Repent. The Spirit of God is there steering you up. I see an impartation of the gift of prophecy upon some people right there. You begin to prophesy, prophesy by the Spirit of God in the name of Jesus. So I'm back to you. Repent, 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 repent. Yes, just go on your knees and repent. That's all God demands. And watch what will happen right now. Now, everybody where you are, lift up your two hands. In the name of Jesus, whose I am and whom I serve, be filled with the Spirit afresh in the name of Jesus Christ be filled with the spirit afresh in the name of Jesus Christ oh thank you Jesus Oh, wave those hands into the air and just worship Jesus. Ah, the power of God has charged this environment. Now lay your right hand upon yourself. Your right hand upon yourself. Hallelujah. That's the grace, the power of God sweeps you, takes over. Be imparted with grace in the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory, glory. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Be blessed forevermore. Oh, be blessed forevermore. Hallelujah. It's a new season. Be blessed forevermore. Do ministry by grace. The glory of God is upon you. And you are lifted on every side. But the next time you will be standing to do ministry, every man will know that you have had an encounter with God. 
Every man will know that there had been a supernatural impartation on your life. And you are blessed forever. Amen and amen. All right, we come to the end of Refined Platform today. I believe you have been blessed. Um, it's good to get a feedback from you. Glory to God. And if you have a testimony, the Lord just witnessed to me. There are several testimonies. So share your testimonies with us. Don't keep it to yourself. Let's know what God is doing in our midst that we can give praise to his holy name. Hallelujah. All right. I'm going to post the assignment for this week on the platform. I love you and God bless you. Keep basking in the grace of the God of glory. Bye.